Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. short rest. Oh, I see. They said you'd be showing up about now. Come on, through the portal. Best not keep the lore mistress and lore master waiting. You know how they get. Robots Radio presents the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Hello, welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. And with, with everything, everything has a beginning, right? Of course. I mean, the our lives, books, movies, and the world is no different. I, for some reason, my I'm sorry, I started singing through the lyrics to one of the songs in The Sword and the Stone. You're singing about that's what makes the world go around. And I thought that there was a part about a beginning and I was going to sing at you. And I like hyper-focused down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Off no, track, uh, 30 seconds in. Already, already off the rails. Uh no, this isn't uh this isn't a sword in the stone reference at all. I'm no. just um trying to wax philosophical about beginnings and, and and as we as we go into talking about the beginning of yes. of Faerun, of the of mm-hmm. the of the of Abertoral, of the of the world of the Forgotten Realms. Yes. The creation myth of uh what is now the default campaign setting for Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. So, uh like I said this you know starting with 5th edition the, the it is the official setting. Uh it used to be Greyhawk uh it, for whatever reason. I guess I mean it's Greyhawk isn't isn't bad but there's just there's so much like there's so much to Forgotten Realms. You know, Ed Greenwood right. really really got down when he created yeah. this one. Yeah. And then has been has been helped along by so many other folks, you know, most notably probably R.A. Salvatore, uh, yeah. other writers like Troy Denning, um, and and the likes. And so, you know, there's just there's just, just so much meat to the Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we're gonna like we're it, gonna it chose to be the uh I I feel like maybe, maybe Forgotten Realms chose to be the primary campaign setting like left no choice i mean yeah hauled everybody to it with mass mind control maybe we're all getting you know are you accusing forgotten realms to be some kind of illithid type creature no i wouldn't uh 
if the shoe fits, if the tentacles fit, <laughs> the tentacle sleeves fit. I think I don't I don't know what you wear on tentacles. Um, like little booties. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the Thanks creation the myth. <laughs> this is from the uh, fourth edition Forgotten Realms campaign yes. guide. In the beginning existed a misty realm of timeless nothingness, crafted by Ao, the hidden one from the raw elemental bedlam of the phlogiston. Within this dim sphere, several worlds drifted upon the sea of night. Though the worlds were lifeless and barren at this time, powerful beings of manifest entropy and elemental might coveted them. The name of their kind has been lost to the ages. The few sages who today know of their existence refer to them simply as the primordials. So these sort of not even godlike creatures, like even more so like what like primordials, in my opinion, like are those are those beings that created gods? Somewhat. I think of it as more like raw preformed gods. Right. Just like it's un, like, like God ingredient. Right. Like like just, you know, yeah, like he's like just yeah, like a raw, like unfettered power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so unknown to the primordials debris remaining from the creation of the universe coalesced as an ocean of silvery liquid and and then from this glittering realm of starlight forms the beautiful twin beings the polar opposites of each other you know one dark one light known as uh shar and saloon Mm-hmm. The twin goddesses, birth of the astral sea, the you know the the light one that we know as Saloon, the dark one that we know as Shar, uh, mm-hmm. they quickly move to defend the virgin worlds from these destructive primordials, and then other gods were created from the residue of these battles, or they were summoned from other dimensions to aid in the fight against the primordials and their monstrous servants. So very much like um kind of like the Clash of the Titans esque, you know, you have the Titans yeah. and then you have the gods to then, you know, fight off the Titans. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So we've got the Shadow Epic. So while these newly formed gods and primordials battled in what history describes as the Dawn War, life struggled into existence on the worlds that they coveted. Uh, the blue jewel known as Toral, the planet, uh, sparkled the brightest of them all, it says home to a race of sea creatures that huddled in the depths of the world's single vast ocean. And this blue age that uh, the era is known as, it came to a sudden and chilling end when Toro was inexplicably plunged into darkness, its sun snatched from the sky by a sinister primordial known as Montgomery Burns. No, uh, (gasps) known as the Night Serpent. That's the second Mr. Burns reference I've heard today and from two very strange places, but I like it. Um, it. Hearing a Simpsons reference from me isn't all that strange, in fact. No, but just the specific of both references from both very different places being Uh, Mr. Burns. Uh, Yeah, so this primordial known as the Night Serpent uh, gets rid of the sun, snatches it from the sky, and in fact, uh, eats it. Yeah, he eats the sun, which is (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Um, as you would expect global temperatures plummet uh, and soon most life on the planet becomes extinct Uh, it's it's everything that um, that people have been warning about warning us about for years that you know once the sun goes out you know we're goners that's that's pretty much it 
I mean, without yeah, I mean, you know, you you without the sun, I don't know what else you got. So this is what's known as the shadow epic, uh, and while little of, is known of this of this era, I mean, after all, like you know, most planet is dead. Not much to like write down. Not, not many, a lot not of many people to write it down. They're exactly. kind of busy, right? Trying not to die or or dying, yeah, or uh, busy dying. That's true. Uh, while little is known of this era, Saruk myths and legends speak of climactic battles throughout this age between the primordials and the elder gods led by Ouroboros, the world serpent. So mm-hmm. even in the midst of this uh, like disastrous cataclysmic time, the primordials and the gods are still having at it. They're still fighting, which is awesome. They're like, I can just imagine like they're fighting and then the night serpent eats the sun and they stop for a second. Everybody and then, pauses and goes, huh? And then gah, 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 go back to fighting. <laughs> yep. Uh, ultimately, the tide shrug and get back to it. Right, right. <laughs> ultimately, the tide is turned when the primordials were betrayed by one of their own, uh, Ubtau, the deceiver. Which, well, I, 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 I was going to say, like, I was gonna say, like <laughs> hold on, did he get the name before? Or okay, after this okay. Happened? If if somebody comes up and you're like, hey, what's up? I'm Ubtau, the deceiver. Like. Oh, what do you do? It's like, uh, cool. I, I bake mostly. I bake mostly. Oh, okay. You, you don't deceive. Oh no. Like maybe you're, you're, you're lying. Oobtow. Oh, wow. Is this because of my name? Wow. 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 That's wow. You know what? Wait. I'm going to deceive you. All right. Fine. You're going to keep calling me that. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Oobtow, the deceiver. <laughs> assisted the elder gods in a slaying, imprisoning, or driving away the remaining primordials. Nice. Again, unsure as to when when this uh, moniker was bestowed upon um, young I would Utau. like to believe that came along a long time ago, and that's why they sent him in there. They're like, no, he's a deceiver. He'll be friends with him. He'll help us get to him. And then we'll just, like, murder them all. It'll be great. It'll be great. So what Utau's follows next... Are the days of thunder and the uh like the beginning of the creator races. Right. So when the majority of the glaciers left by the cooling of Aber Tyrrell's ocean, like during the shadow epoch, when those begin to melt, there it was revealed that there was this giant supercontinent that would mm-hmm. eventually be called uh Mero or Boros. Uh life bloomed on this landmass in the form of five creator races. Uh, and the ancient ape-like ancestors of humans. So we've got the Saurian race that built an extensive, if short-lived, civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, its survivors eventually became uh, Nagas, uh, lizard folk, troglodytes, uh, similar creatures. Okay. There is the aquatic race of shape changers that uh, became amphibious, developed uh, and developed late during the Saurian civilization before eventually creeping onto land and building proud cities. Uh, these creatures actually contributed to the downfall of the Saurians. Oh. Um, but then, you know, they're like, you know, like, we're going to take over. And then they eventually themselves fell into barbarism. <laughs> um, so, you know, it happens, right? Uh, I mean, that's what happened. And this was uh, under pressure from the Sawagin, the Merfolk, and the Tritons. Um, and you can see survivors of this race in the uh, Lokatha in the sea mm-hmm. and the doppelgangers of the land, which is okay. interesting. And speaking of doppelgangers and changelings really quickly, um, yeah. 
you know, someone was like, I think it was either on uh, TikTok or, or on Twitter, somewhere on the on the on the D and D community social medias, and someone's like, you know, double like you know, um, like take like doppelgangers use their uh, innate abilities to steal and kill, and that's what that's what they're known for, like whatever, like base take. You know, we have this amazing gift and we should never abuse it, you know, to to harm others. Like that's right. you know, that's a much cooler doppelganger like like trope that I want to see. Man, if I could doppelganger someone, I would go around doing good stuff in their name if they were a good person and helping them out. Or or like, you know, screwing over bad people. Like, you know also doable. Like, you know, going up to like uh like you know, some uh, like the the king of a of a king of a you know of a kingdom, and as you know, impersonating someone that's a jerk, and being mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you smell like duty," and these mm-hmm. are like, "What scares me?" Is that your plan? That's how you're gonna bring them. That's I mean, it's it's a rough draft. It's a work in progress. Yeah, it's, yeah. Look, look, well, I'm just spitballing out right here. All right, like, look, they'll be, they'll get mad at me for trying to come up with an idea. So the, the least known <laughs> of the creator races are the Sylvan people that populated mm-hmm. the forests and other wooded areas. Uh, they lived in harmony with nature and left few traces. And so that's kind of like why we don't know as much about them. Right. Uh, it's believed that their civilization broke apart, fragmented after a great plague that was created by some kind of either draconic power or demonic power. Mm-hmm. And their descendants are the sprites and the other small wood folk that populate the like little secret parts of Toril today. Aww. Yeah, I knew you would get a... I, Keebler elves. The Keebler elves of Faerun, if you will. Uh, and knowing you, Mary, you absolutely will. I probably will. Uh, and then supreme among the creator races were the dragons, uh, powerful enough to raid large cities of other races with impunity, you know, with mm-hmm. rec- just absolute, complete, reckless abandon. Uh, they dominated the surface world, claiming vast areas of territory and battling each other for for land, for mates, for status. Uh, but right. the great dragons, the great drakes, suffered setbacks uh, only when the lesser races mastered magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they still remain influential today, despite the advances of, I love how it's put this, of such a rabble. Well... Sometimes the ants are quite ingenious, but whatever. And then, of course, the last creator race, the the one I mentioned, was the um, and the and the one that actually spent the longest time in in a primitive state is might the still hum- be still might be. Let's let's be honest. Uh, is the humans uh, described as always adaptable and ingenious? Mm-hmm. Humans made advances with incredible speed and efficiency when circumstances allowed for their rise to prominence, and so. Of the five creator races, only humans truly kind of survive as a cohesive civilization. Sort of like, you know, there is the there is the most you know visible and obvious through line from the creator race to today in humans. Um, you know, as you know, because the individual dragons, you know, went to war with each other uh, or just went into seclusion or hiding. And others have vanished, uh, you know, through infighting, um, through being decimated by others, or just right. kind of like splintering among their like subspecies. Yeah. So this that was the days of thunder. What follows next is a period of time uh, known as the time of the Saruk. 
So the day, uh, the time of the Saruk, it is from negative third or uh, also known as BDR or negative uh, DR, negative okay. 35,000. You know, so BDR. I was right then. So I you asked were right. about that the other day. Yeah, okay. You were asking about this that. Is I was where like, I don't I know. It. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so yeah, BDR or before Dale Reckoning. <laughs> uh, so negative. You did type it. <laughs> negative thirty five thousand to negative thirty three thousand five hundred. Mm-hmm. So a period of about you know a little over two thousand years. Uh, the empires of the Saruk, a Saroid creator race, rose up around negative thirty five thousand DR. Uh, the first of the realm was Okoth. Uh, they, it came to dominate much of the land that would eventually become Faroon over the next century mm-hmm. or so. Um, in negative 34,800 DR, the Saruk Empire of Mahishulk was founded on the Cholton Peninsula. And about 700 years after that, uh, the realm of Okoth fell after a century of civil unrest that caused many Saruk to travel into the plains. So, uh, yeah yeah like they don't like we're not even going to stay like we're not even going to leave this planet we're actually going to leave this entire plane of existence gotcha that's why i wanted to verify which sort of planes like into the planes into the the planes the planes oh Uh, not even that one i meant never mind carry on so about a hundred years after that um the saruk then found uh batith which mm-hmm. is an organization that studies the primitive form of magic utilized by the various races. So this is really kind of where um, magic starts to become like a, a thing that is not just, you know, a, it doesn't just exist. They're trying right. to harness, harness it and beginning to understand it. Yes, absolutely. And so in negative 33,500 DR, the Saruk empire of Mahashirk, Mahashuk begins to decline and the nation then becomes the preserve of the Yuan Ti, the nice, the nice lizard folk that we all snake folk that not lizard folk, snake folk that we all know and love. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, what follows next is the time of the Baraki, that goes from negative thirty three thousand five hundred to negative thirty one thousand five hundred, so about right at two thousand years. The Baraki are an amphibious race uh, who evolved okay. in the seas their growth mirroring the Saruk on land. So while you have the Saruk, you know, on the surface uh, world, you've got the Baraki kind of like mirroring that sort of right. uh, development in the ocean, though. Uh, when they became amphibious, they moved onto the land and then supplanted the dinosauroids. The dinosaurs. The dinosaurs. Uh, the Baraki grew to the height of their power under the wise leadership of Zalkodain, the High One. However, this golden age ends abruptly when the High One, who I'm not going to try to pronounce that name again, uh, was killed in battle by a Titan Thane of the Jutan Brood tribes named Omo. And this is like right around the time that uh, the time of the Baraki ends. And so... I so thought you said this Titan thing. You said Titan Thane. Yeah, this Titan Thane... Uh, I heard this Titan thing come. Um, <laughs> named those, uh, Omo. Tribes. No, uh, he's called Omo. Omo, come here. Come introduce yourself. Come say come hi here, to the Omo, last people. Don't be shy. Uh, like, oh, you killed who? Oh no, Omo, you gotta, you gotta hide. You gotta lay low. Um, so oh, no, about Omo. about five hundred years after that, the Baraki are losing this war against the Titans, 
and they they try to pull a stunt. Um, mm. They, mm-hmm. you know, in desperation, they enacted this great summoning ritual that unleashes several of those primordials that we talked about at the top of the show. The oh. ones that were imprisoned. Uh, yeah, they're they're now free. And so just crack that cage wide open. Yeah, just let's go ahead and crack that egg and let those primordials out. The ones that wanted to destroy the primordial the- ooze out. Ew. Hey, the primordial ooze is loose. Um, and so of course the gods have to swiftly intervene to oppose the primordials once again. Right. And I love this. Uh, during this conflict, the primordial Asgaroth, the world shaper, hurled an ice moon, or it says perhaps it was a comet, at the planet, at Abiatoral, in order to destroy what she could not have in an event called the Tearful. And if that isn't the subject of an emo uh concept album then i don't know what is yeah you're right you're right i i can't have this planet so i'm going to destroy it by throwing an ice moon at it and i'm going to call it the tearful (laughs) i have no impromptu songs for you i'm so sorry it's i mean i don't know that i think it's too emo it's too, it might be too emo. It might, it if, might if we were to record if we were to record the album, it would just be crying. It would just be, it would be, or I'd have to go get an actual teenage boy to sing it. Oh, oh, I don't know if we could handle that that sort of emotion. <laughs> um, so <laughs> during this time, uh, disastrous earthquakes, fires, windstorms, all sort of like natural calamities, uh, sweep oh. across all of Abiatoral, you know, erasing whole continents, uh, rearranging the seas. And actually, it causes the four inner seas to merge into one, into the Sea of Fallen Stars, which is, you know, a body of water that still exists mm-hmm. today, which, uh, which I, lo- I love the like the myth behind the, the myth of that creation. It's not yeah. so much that like, oh, that's just, you know, how this land w- has always been. It's like, no, no, they, uh, this has like, you know, primordial. What if disasters happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> There's some, some stuff had to go down for this to be created. Oh, heck yeah. Um, ancient Saruk legends make cryptic mention of the changing of the quote changing of the stars um, in reference to this time period. Okay. And it says, however, before the world is destroyed, Ao the Overgod splits the planet into two twin worlds, Abir for the primordials and Toro for the gods. So it's kind of like, hey, like primordials, if y'all want to go nuts on you know, do something and get crazy, you can have, do it on this planet. But, you know, we are going to take care of this planet and and all of the people and all the, uh, you know, species on it. <laughs> I like the um very, very methodical way, the very kind way you did that, because it, it kind of reads like AO sent everybody to their rooms for not listening and not behaving. I mean, it's all about how you frame it, you know? How <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I was like, oh, no, they got in trouble. Oh, so, no, no. And, I, and I'm like, no, no, we're here. all getting what we want. We're all getting what I want, yeah, what we want, which is you sit over there. Which I wa- what I want is for you to shut up. I want you to behave. Uh, so it's also around this time that the first dragon eggs begin to hatch all over Toral, numbering in the mm-hmm. tens of thousands. And these are linked to a rain of meteors that fell to Faerun. And 
um, the first dragons appeared shortly thereafter. And so they, there's like some theories as to like that the dragon eggs fell from, you know, from space or, like you know, from the heavens, yeah. from the heavens rather than, you know, uh, had been here. And so it's kind of, you know, when we, we discussed the cult of a, of the dragon in a previous episode. And so when we, when you look at it like that, you can understand like, okay, like I could see I why some mean. people would worship dragons. Yeah, I also if, could. Yeah, it'd be pretty intimidating to see dragon eggs raining down from the heavens. I think right, to see, right to witness that at any point. That and so then uh, there's another extreme climate change, and Ooh. this uh, that swiftly came about and leads to the end of the Batraki civilization. Uh, another cold period. This one called the Seven Turn Winter, uh, which I feel uh, I that's what I call it whenever like I'm my my PC is petrified and I just, I can't make the freaking save throw to save my life. I swear. I, I call it the seven turn winter. winter because it seems like it feels like it's, it's taking seven turns for me to finally roll a 15. Are you kidding me? That just with sounds like me with modifier. every roll. I don't want to be you with seven every roll. turns before I get there. And then when you get there, it's already dead. Uh, so I'm after and sad because she didn't get to kill anything, but I digress. Uh, after this cold period, known as the Seven Turn Winter, many Batraki mm-hmm. leave Toro for the Plain of Limbo. Oh, and then, okay. Meanwhile, in the seas, the amphibious beings, as previously mentioned, begin to face uh, that pressure from the merfolk, from the Sawagin, the Tritons, right. which caused their society to degenerate and and you know collapse back into barbarism. As I as I stated because what previously. else are you going to collapse back into? I mean, if you're going to collapse in into something, it might as well be barbarism. Let's be honest and truthful, but enough, enough about the seas, enough about the seas seas. and and this, in this ground, what's what's going on. Definitely going on. We should definitely change subjects because I was about to start singing um, barbarism to the tune of Barbara Ann by the beach boys. Um, Yeah, let's change subjects. You're welcome. Absolutely change subjects. (laughs) So from about 30,700, um, BDR, so in the negatives, uh, it was a time to, wait, sorry, to 30,400 BDR, so about 300 years there. It was the time of the Airy. Um, the Airy were an avian creator race, the founders of the Airy empires. Um, were the, they were the creators of the other bird-like humanoids that we see. We've got the Aarakocra, Kinku, and some other things. I feel like there's going to be a lot more of these to come moving into the next um ideation of D, i feel like it more bird folk why i do i i just i got a feeling but as a result um a group of lamasu it's a eagle lion looking hybrid uh, i mean yeah it's a much it's like a lion but with eagle wings so like a pre-griffin kind of a little bit like a griffin it's like quite a griffin the almost griffin right okay. or like if okay. you if you see it you'd be like oh a griffin and then you get like, wait no that's not that's not a griffin that's what is that it's a lamasu dog was knocking So they defeated a much larger force of a thousand Aerie Proka, um, 
Oh, I get it. Never mind. It's a bird sound. They later experimented on domesticated landworms <laughs> to create painted worms, otherwise Croc. known as fly birds. Yes. Croca, croca. Yeah, that's what that is. You're and welcome. also it kind of, you know, like it sort of like yeah, Aracocra. Aracocra. Yeah, no, all of it clicked at once. <laughs> I'm so glad that light bulb moment was recorded for the masses. It's it's yeah, for history now. It belongs <laughs> it's to history. For history. Huzzah! <laughs> Supported by uh, the wyvern forces, the Aerie Crocra, oh my gosh. The Aerie Croca Empire commenced a rapid expansion. The end of this era, though, came about when Noel Shaman, followed by Yinogu, summoned Marashi to spread disease among the Aerie. Airy crops were blighted. Um, they suffered from a malady known as the wasting plague. And so many of them began to worship uh, demon lord Pazrael in order to try to seek salvation. I mean, just so much going going wrong. I mean, <clears throat> wasting plague does not sound good. It does in, not. In no. the slightest. Um, and like when stuff's... Uh, I mean, I I say when stuff's going going wrong, like why are you why are you going to start worshiping demon lords? But you know, it's if it's you know not worshiping a demon lord, it's you know, you know making other bad choices. Like you know, mm -hmm. you you got a mm -hmm. a case of the of the efforts, and you're like, well, you know, we got the wasting play. We might as well start you know worshiping demon lords. Look, I obviously the nice guys aren't listening. Let's turn the other direction. See if something will. Fair enough. I mean, you know you're what? Desperate enough. You know what, Aerocrocus? I, 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 I understand. I, I, I get it. I don't agree, but I get it. So all of this leads to the beginning of the next age called the Dawn Age. The empires of creator races fade into memory, ushering in the time of dragons and the time of giants. Individual dragons and dragon clans rule large swaths of territory in battle with their rivals for control of the land, the sea, and the skies. During this period of devastating warfare among the dragons on Faerun, isolated pockets of formerly dragon-ruled territory begin to fall under giant control. Over time, such giant-ruled kingdoms come to threaten... What is this word? <laughs> I looked it up. It's hegemony, isn't it? No. Hegemony. It's hegemony. hegemony. I looked this hegemony. I looked it up the other day so I would know it. And my brain goes, you don't need that information. <clears throat> Over such hmm. Over time, such giant ruled kingdoms came to threaten hegemony of dragon kind, leading to great battles. Is it? Is it with a J? Yeah. This is a GIF and JIF argument. No, it's a Jimmy. <clears throat> okay. Over time, such giant ruled kingdoms uh, come to threaten hegemony of dragon kind, leading to great battles between giant kingdoms and dragon ruled realms. I mean, that sounds dope. Giants against dragons. This sounds. I would, I'd want to watch it from a safe distance. Oh no, yeah, I want to watch want it to from watch, like from not... like a closed circuit of television, like mm -hmm. very far away. 
how the uh, giants and the dragons are playing today on the great seeing stone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not trying a sports to sports bar. I'm not trying to watch it live by any no. by any means. I don't I don't need that up front. The time of the dragons is ushered in circa negative 30,000 DR as dragons across Faerun swarm together in the first flight of dragons. They assail the airy from the air, on the land, and beneath the ground, destroying those nations completely. Scorched earth, nothing. Within a few centuries of their arrival on Faerun, after some of the dragons reached maturity, the giants recognized the great reptiles as powerful and cunning interlopers who threatened their very existence. I, I love how it's within a few centuries. So, like, after about... Three, four hundred years. Three, the giants are like years or so. Huh. That's not that many. Like the giant kind of like, huh? These huh. giant hey. creatures, big wing lizard, breathe fire. Heckin' mean. I think they might got something. They might be dangerous. My ah, gosh! You're imagining things, Marjorie. <laughs> I like your giant voice. <laughs> it turned into Eddie. <laughs> From Ed and Eddie. Is I was thinking of the which way did he go, George? Which way did <laughs> That's he where go? it originated, but right. it turns into the other one. It's fine. So the dragons also began battling against giants over territory. And this open warfare eventually forced giant kind to yield their lands and flee to the north. Oh no, that's okay. You can have it. I don't want to get burned no more. And they left. They they flee to the north. They just flee to the north. Ah. Uh, screw the south. Let's go to the north. <laughs> Individual dragons and dragon clans came to rule large swaths of territory and battled <coughs> with their rivals, not only for dominion of those lands, but also over matters of religious nature, as the dragons of this age were devout followers of the draconic pantheon. One second. Those wars, known as the Draco Holy Wars, that sounds terrifying. I just, out of all the wars so far, Draco Holy Wars sounds the most intimidating to me personally. It sounds, it's, yeah, it sounds the most terrifying and yes. the most awesome. Well, yeah, it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Um, they led the race to near extin extinction, though. And as a result of their battles with the giants and amongst themselves, the lesser races you know those of primitive you know humans and demi-humans started to begin to gain an actual foothold around negative 29,500 dr couple a uh, couple thousand years after that it's like 2500 after that uh the fey in an attempt to undermine dragon rule opened planar gates to allow the first elves to immigrate to toril although most of the elves were content to remain in like small scattered tribes. Um, one group of green elves known as the Ilithiri um, negotiated with the dragons to allow them to carve out a small kingdom in the south. So they brought in some elves since the you know giants or the elves got brought in. <laughs> as, as ringers. Pretty much. Interestingly enough though, these elves would later become dark elves or the drow that we know of from the Underdark. 
approximately a thousand years later, uh, draconic philosophers came to the conclusion that <laughs> came to the conclusion that religious fighting was wasteful, and that gods who allowed such behavior were not worthy of their worship. That's some pretty ballsy philosophizing. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's that's uh, they're dragons, though. Of course they are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, so this this started the dragon's apathy toward their gods, gods, which lasted for thousands of years. And due to this, it was speculated that several members of the Erigic Draconic Pantheon just died due to lack of worship. Nobody's paying attention to me. I guess I'll just die. I mean, which is, <sighs> yeah. I mean probably i mean <laughs> crazily enough it's like it's 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 not even the most e as emo as that is it's not even the it's most not emo even thing that's like the least emo thing of this episode <laughs> of this episode so far so around negative twenty five thousand one hundred dr elf survivors of the kingdom of tintagir is a realm of fairy Summon the power of elvish high magic and escape from fairy to Toril and found the very first elven nation on Feyru. About a hundred years later, the Dawn Age comes to an end after the first rage of dragons has devastated the dragons' civilizations and elves began to build their first empires in Feyru, starting the age known as the First Flowering. Now, <laughs> the rage of dragons. I was gonna say, like rage of dragons. Like you're, you're I, I mean, you just can't just gloss. You can't that, gloss like... over it. No, it's it's definitely not glossable. Uh, rage of dragons or a Draco rage is a periodic realms wide magical effect. Um, it causes all the dragons to go into a senseless rampage, destroying everything and everyone in their paths. Um, smaller versions of these that are like more localized are the ones that are called a flight of dragons. So that's kind of just like a smaller populace going at it in a larger scale. Not um, quite a rage. Um, it's not quite a, a rage. It's just a flight. Hold on, please. My keyboard tray is on my foot. Oh, it came loose. All right. I suppose I'll deal with it later. fell on my big toe. <sighs> These rages did not seem to follow any sort of schedule other than seeming to possibly be related to a star called the King Killer Star. Um, and they would last for several 10 days at a time. Um, although some theorized that the placement of the star in the skies and when it appeared would affect how long the rage lasted. Um, the longest duration was nearly an entire year. So a full year of just dragons in heat fighting each other and destroying everything. Yes, they did later find a way to kind of, they could all be put under and be put to sleep in order to avoid the effects of it. The ones right. that were caused later. But it didn't necessarily always help. <laughs> There were still dragons murdering everything. 
I mean, as dragons are known to do. As they are want to do. So negative 24,500 DR and in the next millennia is we see the first dragon spawn start to appear, uh, such as kobolds. Um, eventually, these kobolds find Garl Glittergold's gem caves and soul gems, which sounds like an emporium the way that I said it. So- <laughs> Garl Glittergold's gem caves. Come see all the soul gems that Garl Glittergold's got. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you managed to make it through that sentence. Good job. I like I, I think I'm done. I think my brain's like, look, I'm I'm done for the evening. <laughs> that's it. That's See you top tomorrow. Tier. That's you top the, tier. <laughs> footsteps like leading out, a door closing. All right, so, I'm out of here. Kobolds lead to these caves whose soul gems contains the souls of some of the gnomish race, and they enslave them. Ah, fun. So like you 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 find these these gems that contain souls like oh wow like uh, the souls of, of an, an entire race let's use them for our own nefarious purposes oh good we've got spare souls i could use a couple i'm clearly all out so garl is able to rescue his creation during a dragon attack which ended up killing a whole bunch of kobolds just meat everywhere i guess if you're into that sort of thing seeking to compensate and protect the kobold and erd races asgarath elevated kratulmak and karuliak um, the patron deities of kobolds and erds respectively to godhood which is cool like i mean you always you see like oh yeah like you know cold like the kobold species you know this is mm-hmm. their patron deity and you just think like okay that's you know that's who they worship for whatever reason. And here we right. have the actual reason as to why they worship them. That's why cool. they worship them. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. We're here to give those reasons. We're here to give the reasons. It's in the lore. That's that that should be a title. The Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. We're here to give the reasons. It's in the lore. It's in the lore. About 500 years later in negative 24,000 DR the end of the time of dragons they're desperate obviously so a few of the remaining dragon lords try to destroy the draco rage mythal which was the magical effect created to prevent the rage so they were they were trying to keep that from going on um brave avariel defenders sacrifice their lives to protect it and in fact the avariel race is almost wiped out completely during this battle and the dragons are not able to stop the magic that is fueling the rage. You can't stop the magic. Can't stop the... So the great worms of the southern lands continue exactly. to assault the cities of <laughs> Mershalk, um, causing the Yuanti realm to fall. Loth's attention is then drawn to Toril for the first time. No, the... not Loth. Oh, yeah. As the moon elf. Oh, what a beautiful name. Cathrilia battles her minions in the abyss before returning home to Faerun. Spider Queen begins to seduce Dark Elves and takes Canarlist as her consort. Which leads us into what you guys will have to come back to next go-round. The first flowering. The first flowering. So thank you so much for listening to uh, the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. Uh, we are mm-hmm. here every week with brand new lore uh, 
we are a couple of well, well new to you lore oh well, i mean yeah I mean, really old I'm, we're not writing the lore you know we're not you, you know we're we're just pouring through the tomes and the scrolls and bringing right, it forth just a couple of lore pourers uh yeah we uh yeah just a couple of uh D dorks uh who mm-hmm. who yeah would be doing this anyway would be doing this uh and now we don't have to um like you know completely uh bludgeon our significant others with right. all this we right. can we can record it and put it on al gore's internet yes. sent out there into the world for all of you <laughs> my name is sergio and i am mary fare thee well dear listener and until we meet again may all your 20s be natural thank you for listening to the dungeons and dragons Lorecast. if you've enjoyed the show consider following us on twitter instagram and tiktok at dnd Lorecast, or jumping into the robots radio discord to chat more with us about dungeons and dragons we'll see you soon Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.